It's time to shift into Turbo. That's right. We're talking about Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. I'm Rhino. I'm Ken. And we are the Podcast Rangers. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Rhino, joined always by my co-host, Ken. Hello. And today we actually have a very special guest, a friend of both Ken and I, our friend, JJ. Hello. Um, And we are here to talk about Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. And man, I thought I had this movie down and memorized because I watched it so much when I was younger because I watch all things Power Rangers repeatedly. I did not. I don't remember the last time I watched this. It might have been like 10 years ago. It's at least 10 years ago because my double-sided DVD got stuck in the DVD player and I couldn't get it out. So I kept the DVD You only player. watch one side of it? Oh, yeah. I only watched the one side, the good side, the original 1995 movie. So um, so this is fun. I saw this in the movie theater. Anybody else? Yes. Okay. No. Too young? Okay. Um. Yeah, I saw it in the movie theater. I owned the VHS, the clamshell. I remember buying it. Um, and I remember thinking, like, oh, there's some really cool parts about this movie. I might have been wrong. Um, but we're going to start. I just want to give a quick uh, our feelings about the actual Blu-ray itself. Um, and then we will just kind of dive right into thoughts about the movie. So I actually thought the transfer of this movie on from film onto Blu-ray was pretty good clean transfer the quality in terms of what is on there like whatever's fuzzy or anything like that is a problem with the film itself not necessarily the transfer like you can find like hair on things and and things that are fuzzy shots that are just that's the film itself that's what they shot well it's weird too because you don't really notice that stuff when you're on a lower quality Mm -hmm. and then once you bring it up to high def it kind of you're like oh man that is not someone as... should have looked into this yeah well there is it's weird because uh in the opening shots of larigo running around there is i thought it was on my tv but it's on the it's on the film itself there's a, a white spot on mine it's <laughs> like just this random i thought it was a burned out pixel on my tv but i think it's just a scratch on the film or something like that but i don't know or i'm just crazy it could have been my television it might have been but yeah i thought overall um the color was very vibrant i thought um the the film looked nice and cool crisp and clean it could have been shot today honestly it kind of looked like to me well later later some parts of it some Mm -hmm. parts looked a little like uh, but that was just uh filmmaking like you said it wasn't the actual the the transfer of the movie or anything i thought it was uh i thought the audio was really good um there's some there's a couple of special features on here they had the original trailer there's a tv spot although it's not the original trailer because i had never seen the trailer that was on this and i remember uh a different trailer that has diva talk saying different lines in it and stuff like that so Mm. but it's nonetheless i still was happy to see that on there um and then there was kind of this like retrospective feature that had blake foster um uh, Nikia and Catherine were also there talking about it, and uh, it was nice to have that there. But that was uh, it was that, and then there was an original, the it's original like a five feature. Minute oh, it's just five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Because it's like what they would have shown, like if you were watching like Fox or something, like a special preview of. Okay, I did. I only watched the first few minutes of it, and then I uh, like it was one of those where I started watching this so late at night, I had to like go back to it. The Blu-ray is fine. Like I'm happy to have it. So I'm curious, just in general, like. General feelings with how long ago you guys saw the movie the last time? Like, okay, so in my head, I knew Mighty Morphin. What I always enjoyed that one because it was it's something about how that one doesn't take place in continuity of the show, so it's like its own special thing. But I always thought this one was unique because it was part of the show, and um, I remember, you know, I just always loved Kimberly, so I was happy to have like Kimberly and Jason there, and so I was like, I know this movie's. is completely different from the first one but i remember being like oh but i enjoyed watching it Mm. that's what i remember yeah what about you jj yeah i mean i when i first watched it as as a young kid your 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 imagination your place of mind is completely different as an adult so obviously as a kid you're excited you you want to be part of it and, and you're like oh my gosh i can't believe they made another movie heck yeah let's go but um seeing it as an adult now i it's fine like I, I didn't expect much, and 
Yeah, it was good. Um, before was- we go any further, actually, why don't you read us the synopsis of the movie? Oh, okay. I just realized we didn't Sorry. say what it was about. For anybody out there who may have never seen this movie, um, you can now buy this on uh, Amazon, on Shout Shout Factory, whatever their website is. Just Google it. That's what yes. I do because I know no websites. <laughs> All right. So this will be the synopsis for Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, 1997. The legendary Power Rangers must stop the evil space pirate Divatox from releasing the powerful Malagor from his volcanic imprisonment on the island of Maranthius, where only the kindly wizard Larago has the key to release him. The hope of victory lies in the Rangers' incredible new turbo powers and powerful turbo zords. That's impressive. Oh, you should do voiceover work. I mean, I guess that's technically what the podcast is. on the Blu-ray, though, essentially is a play-by-play of the movie. Yeah. I think you should read that one, too. <laughs> it's long. I didn't even believe you were still reading the back of it. This is like a, a novella. Yeah. All right. He's putting on his opera glasses. Hold on. <laughs> it's the Power Rangers to the rescue as they race to save the planet Earth from certain destruction at the hands of a ruthless band of space aliens. The evil space alien, Divatox, plans to unleash the dark forces of Malagor, a powerful, fiery creature imprisoned inside a volcano on the magic magical island of Maranthius. She can reach the island only by traveling through the dangerous Nemesis Triangle, and for that she needs the special powers of the magician Larago. But Larago flees to Earth to see the only people who can stand against Divatox in her evil plan, the Power Rangers. Along with the new Blue Ranger, their turbo-powered Zords, and the unexpected help of original Power Rangers Kimberly and Jason, the Power Rangers set out on their most thrilling and dangerous adventure yet. Which uh, was a spoiler in there. Kimberly and Jason, very dramatic reveal in this movie. You're not supposed to know they're the scuba divers. Uh, yeah. So, here's the thing. Rewatching <laughs> this, like, okay... I actually don't think that Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, is terrible. I know some people would be like, oh, that terrible Power Rangers movie. And I'm like, no, I think it actually gets better with time because it's this like beautiful 1995, like this 90s time capsule. Um, For me, even the season of Power Rangers Turbo, I, I don't even want to I don't want to talk about the season, I guess, because we'll it's, it's hard not to because this technically is the pilot for the season. But um. It's the low point for me in the Power Rangers history. Like, it's the show that almost got it canceled, I feel like. And the movie is a good example of kind of all of the things that are wrong with, with that were like the people who were in charge. It's a good example of all the wrong decisions that were being made. Mm -hmm. Like, it's clear that they didn't have an understanding, I don't think, of what people liked about Power Rangers. That's, that's what I get from it, you know? And I think once we get into like kind of the deep dive of specifically the brand new Blue Ranger, like there's, I know we have differing thoughts about that, but there's questionable choices, I think is the, like that could be the sub title of this movie. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Now, does anyone know if they had a child in the Japanese version? No, they, they didn't. didn't know. That's why he grows when he's an adult. So the the closest thing was like the Gold Ranger and Zeo was a child, and no, that was the White Ranger and oh, it was the White. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, it was White Ranger. But the there is a sixth Ranger in the thing that is like a younger girl, but she doesn't wear a Ranger suit. She wears a dress that looks like their suits. But that's that's it. In Turbo, yes. It, basically, it was a Shuki or however you say his name, Shuki Levy. Um, he was directing another movie that Blake Foster was in and he saw Blake doing like karate or some something and was like, hey, kid, do you want to be a Power Ranger? And I think he wanted to throw his weight around and was like, all right, well, Steve Cardenas had said, um, who plays Rocky, had said he had wanted to leave the show. He expressed uh, interest in leaving the show to focus on um teaching at his dojo that I believe he had opened at this point or that he had already opened or whatever. He just he wanted to leave. Um, and. So they were like, all right, perfect. This little kid's in, you're out. And and that is that. And that was a whole, there was a whole rumor that he had injured himself on set and that that was why he had to leave the show. And that's really, that just kind of got written. The rumor was written into the movie. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't true. So, um, you know. <sighs> a child probably has to be cheaper than a, an adult. Like they can pay him in toys. Well, uh, there's that, you know, um, and JJ makes a good point, I guess, the mentality being like, okay, um, 
you know, you you see a kid and you want to be the kid, you know, like you're like, oh, that's cool. I mean, he's the same age as me. So for me, I was like, I, I, I used to get a subscription to Disney Adventures, and I remember, like, that's how I got my movie news back in the day. This is pre-internet. And um, I remember they were like, oh, there's a new Power Ranger. And I was like, no, that's not true. That's just a little boy. Yeah. I was like, no. And I remember being right away being like, Zordon would never make this decision. And lo and behold, I Zordon's having some sort of, like, mid-eternity crisis or something and decides that, you know what's a great idea? We'll let a 12-year-old, not an orphan, but a 12-year-old child who has like no parents to be heard of. Five teenagers with attitude? I mean, he's almost a teenager and has plenty of attitude. He's like, ah, we went too old. We went too old with those last 17-year-olds that are clearly 30 at the point. Okay, go ahead. We're really quick though. Like, if you see a lot of these anime TV shows nowadays, like the kids who have these two type of superpowers are in fourth and fifth grade. What is that? Like nine, 10, 11 years old. So for them to actually pick a kid as a Power Ranger, I feel like it's not, doesn't feel like it's uncommon or odd because the whole point is that you're trying to appeal to children. And right. what is what's a great idea is that why not make them think, hey, you too can become a Power Ranger. You know what I call that? Big bad Beetleborgs. I mean, okay, if they worked for them, why not work for Power Rangers? They tried it. Here's the thing. They tried it. It didn't work. I think Moving Beetleborgs on. was actually after this, to be honest with you. I don't mm, remember what year It's got to be coming out. close. It, but I yeah. mean, I think, JJ, you're on the right thought process for probably what they thought going into it. But... I'm I'm curious, like how many people actually identified with that? Like you yourself earlier had yeah. said, like that was you looked up to uh, Justin at that point, like as a child. Yes. I can't say the same now. I mean, you were younger than us, so right. like that would make sense, right? The sandwiched this was right in the middle of Beetleborg, so <laughs> interesting. You know, maybe that was the thing. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's what they were going for because having the kids on Beetleborgs, having him on here. <sighs> It's so, just it goes against an established lore, but let's remember they had they had three seasons of Mighty Morphin, a season of Zeo. This was literally right after that. That's four seasons. You know, it's we can say all this with twenty five years under the belt, twenty five plus years under the belt now. But in that window, it's probably like many children thinking like JJ, like this. Yes, I I too want to be a ranger. I wanted to see cool stories about teenagers who were much cooler than me. Uh, doing stuff. Yeah. Eh. <laughs> I I understand your perspective, and that's all right. That's all right. I was there's an age gap. We get I, it. I, I I you know Justin was. I feel like it got better once the new cast was brought in on the TV show. It was just one of those like we can talk about that with a special feature eh, too. Whatever. Later. I think his hair bothers me too. Everybody's hair in this like movie is mushroom. awful, except for Austin St. John. It's somehow, even though this is 1997, this is like not the fun part of the 90s. Like Tommy's red T-shirt that he's wearing is so incredibly tight, and his pants are so incredibly high waisted and you loose. Complaining about this? Well, it works for Austin St. John. He never looked better, and than he did in this movie. But Jason and Frank, like, I want to be like, was Maybelline not Maybelline? Was uh, <laughs> what's a shampoo? Like Head and Shoulders. I was thinking somebody's <laughs> got to be a sponsor because there is a lot of hair game in this movie where he's just Herbal always essence. swinging it around, swinging it around. And I'm like, his hair was long in the '95 movie, but it didn't bother me as much. This one, it's just like, sweet Jesus, you get a you get one spot of moisture on that thing, and it curls right on up. It's it's like a tree. You count the rings, and you can see how long he's been a Power Ranger. <laughs> well, let's go into this. So if you if you've watched the movie, we're just gonna kind of go through. I think we'll start. Let's be positive. Let's say all our pros that we have for this movie, okay? I don't have a lot, but I'm going to say them. I in, in support of all things Power Rangers regardless. So I'm not, I'm not trying to... I don't dislike that this exists because you know what? This led to... The series of events this led to uh, gave us in space. And that maybe never would have happened if things didn't go the way they did this way. Here, here we go. So positive. JJ. Uh, I really enjoy Diva Tox's um sarcasm Mm -hmm. i think that definitely brought a kind of like a laughter in there which i did enjoy as a as an adult so i was like oh my gosh that was totally funny that i did not get as a child so i was like haha nice one you know what part i really like with her in it actually that still makes me laugh to this day is when she's like once we get to the island of miranda and the buzz the bugs like oh my god and you're like and it's just so (laughs) random and then she's like I was so Once waiting for we that get to the and, and then she does the tongue thing, and I'm like, it's both kind of super 
super creepy. Mm-hmm. I love her like insults. Move over, Chris, uh, ugly Christmas ornament. I was like, oh my god, oh, yeah, so true. <laughs> ornament, yeah. That's what I was like in my notes, and I took a lot of notes on this. Like the kind of like comedy between her and what's his name, the Christmas ornament. Rygot? Oh Rygot. no, yeah, no, it is Rygot. Rygot. Yeah, yeah. Rygot, like they're very funny in this. Oh yeah, like absolutely. especially like when they're trying to escape like the cave and stuff, but. Yes. That. I mean, who needs Bulk and Skull when you got those two? Well, and Bulk and Skull, unfortunately, are going to be in my, my con list. But uh, any other we'll more pros for you? Any more pros? Or? Uh, Ken, how about you? Well, JJ thinks of some more. Um, the music, especially in comparison to the, the last film, uh, I just, I think it fits better. I, I think it's more consistent. Yes. Because I, I, the last film, I, I even when I was a kid, because I had the, uh, my friend had the, um, the Power Rangers Rock Adventure CD, which had, I feel like this is one of the most underrated things about Power Rangers is that original, it's part of the magic of Mighty Morphin is it had some amazing background music mm-hmm. in it that, you know, that Ron Wasserman created for this show. And it, in Turbo is the end of that. It's the, it still has it. And it's not Ron Wasserman. It's a uh, Jeremy Sweet and somebody else, I think, but it, it's sounding very similar. And I, I don't know how it all works. If that's his real name or, I don't know. That's that is a rabbit hole I cannot figure out. But, um, but regardless, Turbo is kind of is you know there's the one or two more as it goes, but it's kind of the end of that. Like, okay, we're gonna fight and we're gonna have background music playing. But, but the great part about this is 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 not only is it consistent with the series, which is fine because this is in canon with the series and the other one wasn't. But it makes sense. I feel like the Mighty Morphin uh, Power Rangers movie was just kind of like, what is this? random 70s song that you have in here and this one and that one like i still think that to this day but mm-hmm. i really like the suits in general turbo has some of my favorite aesthetic for these suits even though the the actual like subject matter is not there yeah um i do i agree with you i do really like the design of the suits i feel like the color is very vibrant i like the look of the helmets um i like the lines they, they have black lines that kind of trace down the suit i I like the belt buckle. You it's know. broken up more than I think like any of the other suits up to this, the two other suits up to this point are in terms of just like the actual like coloring, like they have the lines on like the, like you're saying, like on the actual torso. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's a better design. It's, it's a more um, aesthetically pleasing design than Zeo. Not that I don't like the Zeo suits, but they're. I don't like the helmets in Zeo. Yeah. It's, it, well, for me, it feels like they're wearing um what are these guys over here? Like a Shakespearean collar for a lot of it. So it it, it, it does a weird shape to the body. I feel like mm-hmm. the design with the turbo suits with all those lines on it, it makes them look a little more powerful. Yeah. And then like JJ saying, like Divatox, I think is great. And I think that's something that echoes from like when they introduce Zed to uh, Ivan Ooze, like the villains are somehow the stronger points in a lot of these like later Mighty Morphin to space things. Um, so I really like Diva Talks. Yeah, she's a she is definitely a standout. Um, for me, um, I I I really enjoy the incorporation of past Rangers into the plot. Like, however, it was done. I just I really I love Amy Jo Johnson. I mean, who does not love Amy Jo Johnson? But um, and it's still cool to see the original Red Ranger in there, who had, who had just been on the show as the Gold Ranger mm-hmm. in Zio. Um, it was still kind of cool to have two Power Rangers in this that didn't have powers at all for the movie, you know, and this was kind of the first, I feel like, um, I'm trying to think, I think this was the first time they really started to like acknowledge people gone by, you know? Yeah. I mean, they brought Jason back, like he'd left. And so him coming back as the gold Ranger was really that experience, but you know, Kimberly and them, you know, not having powers. And I always enjoy the revisit of a past Ranger. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Um, you know, obviously, for me, the standout in this movie is the scene when they're turned evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason and Kimberly turn evil toward the end of the movie, um, just for a little bit of time, um, which apparently was Austin St. John's idea, I guess, and his condition for returning. He wasn't going to come back originally, and then he said, I want to play the character evil. I think it'll be more interesting. And they're like, all right, but the condition is it has to turn good again. And so he was like, fine, I'll do it. Um, but um, what would that movie be if they didn't turn? I know, I know, I don't know. So that's why I'm like, it, for me, it's great because you get to see like Kimberly come after the Pink Ranger, and then you get to see the little beef between Jason and Tommy. So I, I thought that was cool. But um, 
I really, I, I agree with you about the suits. I think the redesign of the power chamber is interesting. Um, That's the word. Yeah, I know everyone. People say command center sometimes. And well, like, no, no, command center mean, like doesn't interesting exist. Is a... Well, it, it's interesting because I don't know that it's superior than the previous no. one. Um, and it's not. I as... don't hate it. I just I feel like it, it's. I get why they removed the Mighty Morphin suits because they were like, well, what do we do with the Zeo suits now? But it's kind of like I think the original one was better. It just needed better lighting. Mm-hmm. But whatever, you know. Well, it just looks like they turned on all the lights. Yeah. Um, I I want to like more of it, but there for me, I, I'm gonna, let's just move into the cons because one of the cons for me is that like there's no really cool moment with Power Rangers in this movie for me. I don't know if you guys have one that you do really enjoy, but I was thinking about it during the um, scene when they're on the Ghost Galleon, the ship in the ocean that they have to take to get through the Nemesis <laughs> Triangle. Um when they're fighting those pod creatures, the things that like Divatox has launched they look like on something them. on a dark crystal or something. Yeah. Like. Something, or they look like a, uh, one of the evil things from the second Ninja Turtles movie. Like Talk and Razor. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just like, they're never really fighting it. Like the girls grab a net and they kind of like push it overboard. Like one of them runs off overboard because Tommy says, boo. Yeah. And like that's funny, and that would have been better if they had like actually fought it, and this wasn't like a comedy thing. But like, okay, well, think to yourself: when was what what action fight scene have we seen before that? In the film, yeah, nothing. I and mean, just in this film, yeah, not in the show or anything. And then I'm thinking, like, after that, they don't they don't really fight until they're like morphed in the cave, right? I well, the and even then, that's a really up until on. that point is Tommy razzling a, a snake, right? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Actually, I will. I want to backtrack because one of my pros is I do actually really like when Cat tries to morph as she's falling. Um, because for me, I love that acknowledgement of Zeo, and I love how she calls the Zeo morpher. And I don't know. I I just thought it was exciting. Like I've always, I'm always fascinated by how they morph. And I like people. I don't like when people are like, "Oh, well, the water, um, the Zeo suits weren't waterproof." And I'm like, "No, she hit the water so hard that she couldn't finish morphing." Like. We've seen it in other episodes where the Power Rangers get so exhausted or overpowered or hit so hard that their powers deactivate. Um, Leo fighting the red, um, the red Psycho Ranger, like he is demorphed in like a minute. I know, but still, I always am like. Ah. Also, that's how they snuck blood in this movie too, really quick. I mean, that's I'm surprising. Yeah, she had like a almost a compound fracture, but yeah. I I think that's another thing. This shows that they are definitely flawed more or like they are not all powerful which up until that point zeo they were supposed to be like these were the most legit powers they had uh, yeah well that's another one of my i'm just gonna take my biggest piece with this movie are i feel like the creation of the turbo powers is so lackluster they're like beep boop beep boop boop new powers and you're like okay for the zeo quest it took like 10 episodes you Mm -hmm. each had to go on a separate quest it had to all come back together and when you did freaking rito and goldar were hiding in your basement you weren't checking your basement that's on you and then they blew up your command center and it was probably the most dramatic and coolest and a shocking event that I had seen in my young childhood on television. Up until that point, it was like the Megazord got destroyed. Oh, and the head falls off the Megazord. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it it was one of those where I'm like, wow, like they had to really go through it to get these powers turbo. They're like, ah, we forgot to hit the space bar a couple times and now we have turbo powers. We got and new suits and these keys. And so I, re- I was reading if anybody, if nobody has it, the, the, the power Rangers, the ultimate visual history that's put out by uh inside editions, I believe makes this, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty informative. Um, it doesn't go like super in depth, but it's got some fun, fun stuff I hadn't heard about with, um, and, uh, one of the things they were saying in here is the movie, apparently this movie was like three hours long. But somehow what they've cut it down to still feels incredibly long. How does that happen when you have filmed three hours of a movie? I I just I and and I so apparently their keys, the whole thing with Larago's key opening the nemesis, their powers are supposed to be modeled after that key, and they don't really ever explain it in the movie. Also, this is what I'm gonna ask you. So 
you produce this hit TV show. All right. They're like, all right, we're getting another movie. Here's $8 million. You're going to make this movie. You already know what your suits are going to look like. You already know what all the villains are going to look like. Um, it's car themed. Write me a movie. And they're like, okay, I've got it. A pirate adventure. No, 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 no. Did you not hear me? Car themed. And they're like, yeah, cars don't drive in the ocean. And they're like, we'll get a ship. We'll get a pirate ship. Okay. How is that car related? I, I didn't really ever think about this until I was older. And I know that the the Japanese, the Sentai dictates where it goes. But that's what I'm saying is they knew this was going to be car themed. Why isn't Diva Talks, why isn't there a race, like an intergalactic race that has to be entered? And this is why they had to create the turbo powers. Like, why isn't, why isn't any sort of race involved in this? I mean, I know technically the, there was a race just on water. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't even a race. It was. It, it was a race in the sense of like an old adventure film, like a race. It, I'm talking like an actual race, like you have to learn to drive and like race, race. Like, I guess the original title of this movie was Race to the Volcano, but um, it, that's the other thing. They have these Zords that they really just drive in this wide open desert. Yes, and I'm like, what desert is that? Is that California? Is that Nevada? And then where is where are they going to this body of water that has the ship like? It's all very confusing. This body of water where, like, they're supposed to know it's going to the Nemesis Triangle, right? Which there's supposed to be no one around. The key is supposed to open it. If you watch on the Blu-ray, thank you, Shout Factory, uh, there is ships, like yachts, in the background of some of these shots. Oh. And you're just like, oh, those aren't supposed to be there? <laughs> well, it's just, I, I, I have a lot, uh, I don't know. What What's your big gripe with this movie? Gripe? Yeah. What don't you like? What's a con for you? I mean, how much time do you have? No <laughs> offense. I mean, gotta love the series, the franchise. Um, but my thing is, okay, I, I just, I've been thinking about this for the past like a couple of minutes. So if we're stating that the Power Rangers created these keys, okay, and they're just supposed to be like based off of the uh, the wizard's key. I keep forgetting his name. He's a magician, according to Larigo. Larigo. Did I call him a magician? Yes. Oh, he's definitely a wizard. They even yeah. call him a wizard yeah. in the movie. Repeatedly. He's a garbage pail kid, is what he is. Like, how do they know to to open the portal with all keys united if they're the ones who created the keys? I think Zordon told him, but yeah, I, that's another one of those things where I'm like, this that whole thing doesn't really, it, it doesn't make sense. Answered you know? in the other 45 minutes. Yeah, they <laughs> from cut out. Okay, have another one. So if Kimberly and Jason were supposed to be the sacrifice, why did they come back evil and not the other guy? Well, okay, so the other guy does come back. He comes back on the show. They make a reference to that on the show. But yeah, you're right. Like, Also, my thing with that sacrifice scene is they stay for the whole movie. And the reason why, so they go for Balkan Skull, and she says they won't work. Um, and then um, they get the other scuba divers that end up being Jason and Kimberly to make the sacrifice, which they then don't actually sacrifice because they're like, oh, no, the sacrifice is getting away. And and she's, she's like, oh, oh, we don't have a sacrifice. And she's like, oh, but we do, dear nephew. And, and I'm like, well, he's not pure of heart. So how does Malagor come out of there then? Let me tell you, I can literally go off with like the things that could be wrong. <laughs> or I think like the things I'm confused about, there's, there's not a lot of... Uh, a transition i would say in this movie but it's everything is very abrupt it changes it really very is. abruptly without any notice without any like anything like this like and <sighs> you could say they're shifting to all of their different scenes <laughs> without any cohesion go ahead go ahead but Boom. but this this is my example of why for me this is like power rangers at its worst like this was run by people who were just like we don't respect the children that are watching the show and i don't you know, I get it. It is a kid's show. I was a kid. This was our show at that time. But also, like, kids are smart, you know, yeah. and kids know cohesive stories. I mean, kids love Marvel movies. All those movies don't aren't like, I mean, not all of them are masterpieces, but they're still, I don't, I don't, they treat their subject matter seriously. And this, for me, was just like, they were like, well, it'll make enough sense to some idiot in the movie theater. And I don't, I feel like it's very disrespectful to the franchise. So the people that were the head of the show though, for this left halfway through the next season, thank goodness. Um, mm. uh, but uh, I don't, it, it's like stuff like that where they're like, Oh, well it's just, it's unexplainable and it's magic. And you know, that's the part where I'm like, ah, like the power Rangers had the mighty Morphin power Rangers movie. And that was, they had to get the ninja power, you know, the mm -hmm. ninjetti uh, power. They had to go get this power, you know? Okay. And then Zeo, it had the Zeo quest. It was this whole thing. And you're like, okay, well, how'd they get those turbo powers? 
like oh well well they made it and billy wasn't even there and you're like uh no tommy did not make these powers but you know also like when they build the zords they're just there like they were just hanging out this whole time and who was like a minivan's a great sword you know but again i i get it we get what we get from japan but it's still sometimes i'm like and again this is the fourth season in here so there's some other things in here i i have quite some notes i'll just run through some of this some really quick i don't like bulk and skull in this movie i feel like they're just shoehorned in mm-hmm. and their plot where they're like with lieutenant stone back in the police thing lieutenant stone's like cameo essentially it completely undermines the story that had just finished on zeo and i know there was some trouble they say that like billy was supposed to be in this movie but david yost left the show unexpectedly and abruptly but I think it's they're underutilized, but also it's just it's jarring for having them just like thrown in there. They're literally like all their scenes must have been filmed separately from everyone else alone in like one day because all the scenes are through a porthole on that mm-hmm. ship and the thing. And they're, they're like, I get that their brains were scrambled, but like Bulk is German and uh, Skull is uh, Spanish or something. And it's it's not for lack of talent on either of those no, no, two no, no, actors. No. Like they're some of like. It's, it's some of the best comedy that is like, yes, most people remember it's them falling into cakes and stuff. But usually their comedy and their character development, I think, is an important thing to address. Like from season one up until this point, Bulk and Skull have grown, even though they're comedy relief characters, like they've developed like the private investigator firm and stuff, like being like actual like law-abiding citizens and actually helping yeah, the community carry, they, yeah they've had a great arc you know so this movie i think kind of disrespects that yeah to a certain extent and i don't know if that's like just they didn't have enough scenes planned out for um bulk and skull or if it's well and i know it like shooting the show they're kind of like simultaneously doing that too and stuff so maybe that has something to do with it but i just think about where their story goes after this that they uh, then are immediately turned into monkeys because there's some weird obsession with monkeys in this movie and then on the show and i was mm-hmm. like god lord did somebody buy monkeys at fox and they weren't they might be to? the same chimpanzees like that show up in the movie that show up in the show yeah and you're like, okay, well, so I read about that in this book, or I don't know if it was this book or online somewhere, but Bulk and Skull were supposed to have a spinoff where, like, Skull inherited a hotel in Angel Grove. <laughs> what? And so they were shooting that pilot, and that's why they were turned into monkeys, so they could shoot the pilot and just do the voiceover work as the monkeys. I would be more interested in that than Turbo. I know. Amen. I know. I know. But um, I wanted to ask you guys, Skull how do you in. feel about the Piranatrons? Uh in this movie because they make me uncomfortable there. So Piranatrons are Diva Tox's uh, henchmen, her putties, so to say, uh, which bugs me to no end that Blake Foster calls them putties in the special features, but whatever. Um, They're the army. It, I don't like, they have a really cheap uh, face paint and they don't have their mask. They don't, I like what they look like when they're on the TV show because they have the eyes and the face but like somebody was like, ah, oh, we made this costume, just put it on an extra. And what's weird is she refers to them as a bucket of bolts, but they're clearly like human. Yes. So I don't I don't get that. For me, there is no consistency. No. So there some of them, if you notice at the beginning of the movie, some of them did have a mask, some of them didn't. Also, if some of them did have face paint, you would also notice like at the very beginning though, when the the what are they called again piranatrons piranatrons uh when they turn their back on towards you you can totally tell that the human skin um are behind them and their hair so they looked human so i'm like so then what's with the face paint if you're not going to paint them completely yeah, their skin is visible always around their necks or right. like there's a couple that have really long hair that is just out and you're just I, like i hate how much they talk to i yeah. hate the opening they're like every two seconds like oh wizard so it's not like you're making them. It's some. It looks like some that you recruited them, mm-hmm. right? It looks like they're soldiers or whatever. But then she clearly calls them bucket of bolts, like they're they're piranatron, like they're whatever, they're machines. And that's I'm like I am confused. Um, so I do have another theory too. While I was watching this, do you guys think that Catherine is the pink turbo ranger in Dimensions in Danger, the 25th anniversary episode of uh, Power Rangers Ninja Steel, Super Ninja Steel, because? They think that she'd be more recognizable because she's not in the first Mighty Morphin Ranger movie, but probably they're assuming a lot of people have seen the Turbo movie. Do you think she's she's Pink Turbo because of that reason and not Pink Zeo? Which she would make mm. way more sense to be Pink Zeo because she was the There's, only person yeah. who was ever Zeo. But then Rocky should have would have had to also be Blue Zeo. 
and not, not the red, red mighty morphin i don't i don't think they really thought that through personally i thought i think it's more so like why do we have available for her to use? Also, what suits might have been aesthetically pleasing? Exactly. Like you were saying in before, the, the, the Zio yeah. suits are not as visually interesting. As, I mean, don't like, I don't I'm not hating on Zio in case there's anybody out there listening who loves Zio or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we really like Zio, but yeah. the suits are not the strong suit. I also thought it was kind of a bold move. All these sets were built, like you know, they built this new power chamber, they built Divatox's set, all these things that they then use on the show as well, and then they pretty much blow them all up because they're like, eh, screw it, we're going to space. Like, mm-hmm. So it was cool. But again, they don't know that ahead of time. Also, did you guys notice that they still refer to the TV screen on the wall in the command center as the power globe? And you're like, the Zordon? <laughs> that is a rectangle. That was Q1 that Zordon started having a stroke. Like, are you You'll smelling see the side toast? Of his, like, like, his face and he's just like, oh, I'm only partially paying attention. Well, And then he's like, and a 10-year-old's on its way to help you. And you're like, okay, something's going on in the tube. You know? They should have put him in a home. Oh, I have add, I want to add stuff to the, the positive stuff. And JJ talked about this earlier. Anytime, uh, is it Nakia? No. Yeah, Nakia. Uh, she reacts to Justin oh, being- Oh, she is, hates him. It's she hilarious. seemingly hates him. And they keep all of those scenes in the movie. Like when he's like, guys, I'm the new Blue Ranger. She's like- and then jg brought up like the morphing thing where he like more or he turns and like shifts the wrong way and they kept it in the movie because she's like are you serious oh maybe it it was you right no it was they did in the special feature she was saying that and she's saying that that wasn't scripted and so like i rewatched that part and she is not happy when he turns to her (laughs) it is hilarious so she's great um, can we talk about Tommy's really weird tight half turtle? Like, <laughs> it's a mock turtleneck T-shirt, but it's really tight. But it's clearly like a turtle. It like goes All up. All of his sleeves went up to his yeah, neck. Yeah. yeah um, like, some people use it nowadays as well. Uh, it's it's sweater being brought capes back. Are back. Yeah. I've always wondered how do they just have the ship? Why is it just hanging out here? Why are there so many skeletons on the ship? Also, like, could this set have looked cheaper? I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> it clearly looks like they were like, all right, guys, put the curtains up in the warehouse. We can but get them to the ship. We also, film at night. Can we talk about how, okay, they literally were like, okay, I hear the water, but where's the ship? And so I would have appreciated maybe like a transition oh, yeah, where, where like the smoke was coming out and you can actually yeah. see the screen. No, no, no. When Tommy's like, he goes went... like this. He's like, God, he's, they're like, oh, do you see anything? And he walks up with the flashlight and he's like, <laughs> I think I found it. He literally takes one and a half steps and it's like he's like oh wait i'm looking the same direction as everyone else and you're like oh is it because your hair you know what i also would have appreciated like uh, covering everybody's eyes you know have some have some sort of like uh function for the keys to to find the 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 ship because the whole point is that they couldn't see it right oh yeah that would have been cool like the glow helps that like it's invisible or Or, something or 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 even in the cars maybe in the cars they had it like on the like oh we're tracking the energy source it was kind of like zordon's like hey listen i left a ship in the middle of nevada um if you find it it's you know landlocked you know yeah well angel grove is in california that's no mystery so it's a weird like they're going across a desert, but if you're going across the desert to the water in California, you're going the wrong way. Like, the water is near, not the desert part. Uh, like, Rhino, I'd just like to address um, a clear plot point you're missing on this. Magic. Magic. That was the <laughs> oh, response to everything. Uh, speaking, <laughs> speaking about magic, okay, so isn't the Bermuda Triangle like a good maybe three to four, maybe more, probably like a week's worth of a trip? It's not I'm sorry, Bermuda I'm not, I'm not familiar you, with you this. Are, confused, are you yeah. referring to the Nemesis Triangle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not the Bermuda. Potato, potato. You know what I meant. Magic. Um, Nemesis Triangle. Yeah, I, I, so I said, um, I always thought it was interesting too. Their keys were gray, but the toy is black. I know that's such a stupid nitpicking thing. Yeah, the morpher for the toy, the key, the turbo key is black, but they're all gray in this movie. But I think they're black on the like show too. I don't know. I don't get that. Uh, that but. might be a Bandai like they were because a lot of like the regular Bandai stuff is the stuff they use in the show for the Japanese footage actually is toy stuff. So that might be like they just brought that over. But in the movie, they were like, well, no key is just black, so we have to like make it silver. Um, I I will I will give it another. There, my one of my favorite shots in this movie, or the sh- not even my favorite shots. The thing I think about when I think about this movie is the scene where uh, Diva talks forces Larigo to use the key. So he's like he's holding the key up on her ship, and she's like right in front of him, and all the sparks start flying out of it, and it's like going off around the ship. I always, 
that's the first shot I always think about in this movie. So I, I do always enjoy that shot. But uh, um, what do you think of? I just felt like this movie's playing so slow. I wrote this like repeatedly in here. This whole movie is just playing out so slow. Like nothing's really going on. They could have had more challenges or something to do. They literally find the ship, get on the ship. The pod monster fight is a joke. Then they're like, uh, Adam is leaves in his minivan because he's got to bring the kids to soccer. So, <laughs> and then like he looks back and there's a torpedo and they're like, oh, we're on the island. We're here. So we're more done. He, well, that's the thing. Like I was, the idea that Adam goes off, he's like, I'm going to go with my minivan and I'm going to go. And he's the only one that can go get up that mountain. And then he sees the torpedo and it blows up the ship. Like they could have gone with that dramatic character moment and made Adam like have something to do. Right. Up until this point, no rangers have had anything to do except for Justin showing up being like, I'm the Blue Ranger. Well, apparently Adam did have something to do in that scene originally. He's got some sort of bungee cord stunt he did. He said he filmed. Um, again, with these backpacks. Good Lord. Did you guys, when you watch this movie, you're not like, where do they sell those backpacks? I want that. I want that water. I want those binoculars. It has cups. I want that thing. I want. Well, it had the when they push the button, it's got the thing, the, the life vest, and then apparently it's got a it's got a freaking bungee cord in it. Is too. that the flamethrower on, or is that separate? Uh, no, the flamethrower I think was an extension. Speaking about those backpacks, did you notice that when both Kat, uh, Tommy and Cat were traveling? They had they were holding the backpack completely different. Yeah, I thought that, I always think about that. Was vertically, and, and I was like, like yeah. I'm like, wait, either one of you guys is wrong, or I don't know how you guys were using this backpack. It's different but... ones for boys, ones for girls. <laughs> what, why is that? Let, let's not get into that, because... <laughs> you know what I miss, though? Uh, I will say uh, teleporting. Yes. Uh, teleporting. Because this was the movie where they changed how they teleported. I mean, it like it visually changed the representation. It became like that circular thing with the f- then, kind of a lot of sparks coming off so, of it. And I think it... Oh, oh, the other shot that I do like in this movie is the first time they do teleport out of the hospital and it's a really cool like kind of panning shot mm-hmm. where they're like coming at an angle toward the camera and the music is very dramatic and I'm like oh that's cool Power Rangers like I don't maybe it was just a thing where they were just like they just dressed them to look so old in this movie too that I was kind of like oh, yeah, it's not even like they're dressed like you know 20 to 30 somethings they're dressed like people's parents yeah it's just it's I, again, I say this thing here. In, in hindsight, the Super Mega Force suits would have fit this story perfectly. Yeah. And the thing is, their Megazord in Super Mega Force is a pirate ship. So mm-hmm. that would have well, worked great. And is there, I was going to say, is there a reason why they can't teleport to the, the Nemesis Triumph? But it's Larigo can only open it. Like they can only get through it with the keys and stuff. But the the idea of like Larigo, I think we need to talk about Larigo as a problem mm. in terms of how he looks and you don't like what he looks like (laughs) my problem is more like why couldn't he speak speak why couldn't he communicate i mean we're talking about a fully wise uh, wizard who was not able to communicate with others he does he does communicate with alpha they're speaking the language together he He does like weird like but that's the weird part is him and alpha are having a full-on conversation in a language but the rest of the time that we watch him in the movie he's it's like Huh? He's like somebody who stumbled huh? in, but he looks like a garbage pail like kid. A head like the <laughs> I hate the scene in the bird's nest. We're like, how much of the budget went to these two puppet birds that you have in here that are like meh, 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 bang on his foot? He should have gotten eaten by and that. And then he falls out slow up. motion. Oh yeah, for, I, I was like, down. was the zoo like? Please film here or something because there's lions, there's giraffes, there's and chimpanzees. Yeah, um, but his family is also disgusting looking. Like, that baby looks like something that you would see in a horror wow. movie, and you're just like, wow, cover that up. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how you really feel. That's like something that from baby It's Alive. stairs with Harry Potter. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, but also, there's no, like, why? So, they, did they both have powers? Obviously. Well, they could communicate with each other telepathically. Okay, but once again, does the wife have powers? Yeah, she has the power to carry a child. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, uh, healing. Well, you're right. If she had the wife, good? if she had the wife, why couldn't the wife use the key? Right. Well, not only that. We're like, what about teleportation? If she has the power, or she has some sort of power, what is her limit to her power? I have tons she of didn't these have questions. The, the key. So, uh, the the plot from this again is very much similar to the Masters of the Universe movie, where you have a um, very magical wizard character who opens gates to other worlds. Okay. So in this, it's Larigo. He has a key. She didn't have the key. Right. And I'm totally with you. I get you so far. Right. Key. Other dimensions. But she was, quote unquote, trapped. How 
was she not able to leave? Also, How do they capture her? Well, well, yeah, they just say they captured her in the opening credits or something like that, or just they just throw it out there. But also, why has she not succumbed to the UV? I mean, I guess she's not outside as she's much underwater. as Lerigo was outside, but he's clearly not doing very well. But they like <laughs> healed him in the power chamber, but then like she's Lurgo! Lurgo! like she has also the ability to heal. Why couldn't she heal her husband? They only save that for weirdo humans they meet for two seconds, I apparently. I have so many questions about this. Um, do you guys remember? So it's after Kimberly and Jason are uh, good again because they've been healed by the uh, Lyarians. Um, there's just a scene where like Kimberly is like helping and Jason comes up and helps her to like they're fighting. And um, Kimberly's like, why, thank you. And Jason's like, anytime. I... I just feel like it's the most purest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was that one moment where I'm like, I wish this was what Power Rangers could be. Like old Power Rangers coming back, seeing them again, and that not everyone had a massive ego and like all that drama was gone and we could just like see some beloved people come back. And they just fall right into the roles that they had before. Yeah. And it hasn't ever truly been like that, I feel like, because it's all been about being like, Oh, Tommy's the face of the franchise, this and that, but that's a discussion for another, that's, another show, I think probably. there's one episode that goes against that, and that's like the Adam and Carlos one. I do, that's yeah, like I like That's that like one. the purest, yeah. I think, but... Um, so, also, uh, I'm going to say uh, this scene where they're inside of the volcano, uh, the lair, the serpent's lair, whatever it's called, um, and they bring out all these giant weapons where I'm like, okay, these are very big weapons, but whatever, and they're all like, fire. How does a sword fire? They're all, all of them shoot except for the sword, but he is pointing the sword and it is shooting out a red beam. And I am like, wait a minute. How is Tommy like, this will definitely fire like a gun. It's fine. A blaster. I've used these powers before that I just made up. Yeah. (laughs) I, I I watched that and I was like, uh, all right. It's like a gun blade. Also, I'm surprised if they had the weapons in the movie that they didn't like actually combine them together. They saved that for the show later. So it's like they just needed the weapons to make an appearance in order to sell more toys or mm-hmm. something, I guess. But again, that whole scene, the Power Rangers are like literally doing nothing. Did I don't like, okay, like take it back. Think about, think about when in the Mighty Morphin movie when they're fighting the ooze monsters, okay? I remember very distinctly, like, Kimberly kicking. You guys make me sick. She kicks, 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 kicks. The guy hits the ceiling and falls down. Billy uses his, you know, uh, stegger stinger. Flies up, punches the guy, knocks him down. Tommy does that weird kick. You know, uh, they do backflips. All this crazy stuff. I remember all those things. I can't remember a single thing anybody is really doing in any of There's no budget for bungee cords. I remember remember one thing. When they first morph and Justin hears the chanting and he goes guys over here and they're like wow you heard something great job and he goes wow this is fun and then they run off into the woods oh my god there i actually there were multiple moments like that where actually justin's like oh maybe we should do this and so tommy goes great thinking um yeah justin and i was like um did you just give him something to say yeah. like is I'm that so glad the you're the leader tommy listen to the 12 year old like and i love how nobody there's no character development that at all they're just like ah, eh, i guess we're babysitting i hate the line good thing you don't need a license to drive a zord i think that's the one where tanya was audibly like uh <laughs> like she's like what <laughs> like she did not like kids like it's hilarious but <laughs> she, um you say that she does not like kids yeah she was in an entire bus filled with nothing but i know it, it, that's that is a good <laughs> they point. were orphans yeah. they were... <laughs> so it was doing a service yeah. still kids <laughs> uh, yeah um, I, I, when Malagor, when we do finally get to see Malagor, I do actually really enjoy this suit that they've created that for him. And I'm glad it saw the light of day again in Power Rangers in Space as Dark yes. Spectre. And it spoke. So it's weird to me now watching this movie and forgetting that Malagor doesn't actually talk at all. Yes. And I they just, do acknowledge that. The only thing I don't too. like is his hands. Like he has weird, like, just <laughs> like, well, they're like hands. little claw hands. Yeah. You, as a um, podcast, a you flame, can see what I'm doing with my hands. Flamethrower in them, though. Even still, he just, uh, the best thing though is what he has mandibles like the predator, yeah, but also like he has the kind fins, of like yeah. Gilman fins. But when he comes out of the cave, one is like wrapped around part of his face, 
and no one addresses. Well, like, that whole shot is not great because he's not glowing at all. You're like, oh, wait. They're just like, we creature. ran out of money. Just have him walk like, out. Oh, the black lights weren't bright enough. The black lights weren't bright enough. Why do we have to shoot it in the day? We shot the whole first movie at night. <laughs> um, yeah, that is a good point, too. The whole first movie is like entirely at night, pretty much. Um, oh, when Malagor, when they do go to fight Malagor and he punches them, I will tell you, it is awesome to see the sparks fly out of the suit. I don't know about you guys, but mm-hmm. I. I love when the sparks fly out of the suit. I feel like in later years now, uh, with the uh, the advent of uh, computer technology, it's always a digital spark. The, so they still spark, but it's just not the same. When it, old suits, when you get hit, and I love, I, I, I love the debate I have to have with people where they're like, I don't get it. Their suits get hit and they spark. They're made out of spandex. And I'm like, you obviously don't understand Power Rangers because it's not a spandex suit with a helmet. It's, it's a suit powers. of power. And you hit that suit so hard that it, power is... It's that, and then when they get the black, like, residue from, like, some explosion going off. Yeah. Like, yeah. I loved that on the... Well, I like when the suits got dirty. And yeah. it, it is weird. I did even write a note in here where I was like, man, these turbo suits have not seen one grain of sand on them whatsoever. Well, because they didn't do anything. Well, they were like, uh, guys, we can't get these dirty. We have to film a show. Um, The... the Sorry, this goes back to the Malagor thing, but, like... Uh, when Rygog and Divi- Divitox is like full of regret when he first shows up. And, oh, and she's like, what have I done? Yeah. And what Rygog, I do? Rygog is just like, talk to him. <laughs> like, I don't know why that tickled me so much. Um, It's it's just, she's good. I just, Divitox is great. Divitox played by two different people on the show, though. It was Hillary Shepard and Carol Hoyt because Hillary Shepard, I believe, had a baby yes. between this and the thing. And then she comes back toward the end of uh, uh, the end of Turbo, I think. But um, I, uh, what do you guys think about the Megazord? Um, because they, I feel like they went to great lengths to film the Zords connecting. And I won't lie, when they're like coming apart and going together, I think it looks cool the detail is very good yeah. there's a lot of like dirt and like you can see all the panel lining and stuff yeah. um it doesn't really match the smaller car though because no. the smaller car has like little to no detail and then they went way overboard with the detail on the cars especially why is there that much dirt on them if they just all drove through the water touche i don't know but my thing is once uh the zord itself was actually being lifted off the ground uh, once again, the... the step of ma- uh, from fingers and magic, it, basically all of its compartments, legs, arms, and everything was just shrunk down to make it look like it was built for like a, almost a human. So far, <laughs> I had a problem with that because I feel like well, with all of the Zords, they the Zords themselves were adjusted to the Megazord, but mm-hmm. instead this was more like, oh, let's go ahead and sprinkle some magic in here uh, and make it when more When it gets like struck human. by lightning. It, it, that's when it like began. well i mean the original mighty morphin megazord does do that to an extent because it rises off the ground too mm-hmm. and then uh yeah but it's I like mean, the frankenstein there's, there's no like yeah. flash of light saying okay we're gonna go ahead and give you the illusion that it was originally built like this i mean it, it's clearly like his thigh game shrinks immediately once he stands <laughs> yeah. up straight and you're like i wish i could do that when i stood up straight um yeah it, it's it's weird that they had this Megazord suit because they made it for the movie, obviously. Or maybe they didn't make it. They're using the Japanese suit. I mean, the suit looks great in terms of suits, you know, on the show, the Power Ranger suits, or the, the you know, the rubber suits and stuff. But then, like, there's not... I When I was younger, I remember watching Turbo and thinking, there is so much Japanese footage in this. It's barely, it's barely any American footage. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I think to myself, well, they had everything made for this movie, but then they just didn't use any of it, yeah. really. Well, I wonder, there was a point in the show where they ended up getting the suits shipped to them. Like, they couldn't do that with Mighty Morphin, but at a certain point, like, they started getting, like, suits shipped to them right from Japan. Like, was this at that point? Like, did they get... They had... That Megazord suit had to be for the the Japanese one, I, I think, but... Do you prefer this, like, Do you prefer this fight? over CGI? Yes. I like the big robot thing like this. I mean, I, we've come far enough now that I think CGI... Like, in the 2017 movie, I think the mm-hmm. Megazord looks good. I mean... I'm not talking design-wise. I'm talking just the from animation. physical. Yeah, I think it looks solid. You know, and whereas like 1995, you're like, mm, I don't know. It's like a big shiny mess. It's Maybe I'm in the suit. <laughs> Listen, I personally loved it. We're talking about 95 graphics. 
computers were yeah. just coming it's out. funny rewatching it too because it's just very like boxy like thing but i think they did a good job of like shooting around oh, that absolutely. stuff too but i do have a thing here to say when they're in the zords and you know they all do their kind of like call out and they're uh like uh we're gonna head for the clearing and somebody's like copy that and like dune stars on the way everyone says something and then justin yells yahoo it is like it is like Jake Lloyd in pod <laughs> racing going, yippee! Wizards! Or like, it is that extent, that's pod racing. And I'm like, oh dear God, you're the Jake Lloyd of Power Rangers. But um, also, once they're in the Megazord and they're fighting Malagor, it takes two hits. Mm-hmm. Like, he hits them essentially. There's and the Power Rangers are barely talking to each other in the Megazord too. I don't know if you guys noticed that at all, but there is no conversation happening in that pit. It was remember the first movie, like anything would happen and they'd be like, "Power's down by fifty percent, fifty percent, guys, keep it up." Blah 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 blah, and they'd keep going and they're like, "Tommy, get your butt down here." You know, there was a lot of drama. I th- I think it, it wasn't proportioned correctly because there were some there were, could have been some scenes that could have been cut off in order to make more room for those types of scenes so you're talking about like a full length movie but when it came to the zord plus the monster which i can't remember the name Malgor. um like there's what five minutes of it i don't know it's like no i'm talking like seconds it's not it's maybe a full minute it's in that. the hour and a half that right, they cut and that's yeah. supposed to be what the climax of the entire movie i mean and i'm not all about I, I am one of those people where i feel like megazord scenes never really do it for me um uh, especially once they became more cgi stuff but i i am i, I think it's weird that they just all of a sudden the the sword and the shield form and like it's cool looking but nobody calls it nobody says like power shield or power sword or any of that and they just like make their move and they do the megazord they don't i know on the show it was like a spin and it, it this definitely looked better but they chop him and he falls off a cliff and i do like the shot of him falling off the cliff but he's got a glass it's jaw just like that's it and you're like okay this guy was supposed to be this thing that you traveled across and much like you getting your powers it was kind of lackluster to the point where i'm like the zeo powers couldn't defeat this guy they had a a, a huge friggin' pyramid that couldn't be this guy like come on yeah and i said it just feels like an example of power rangers at its worst it's just like also i didn't notice and we talked about this before the show but Ernie's uh like final appearance on power rangers is like the cameo in this movie in the background you know no line rest in peace to Ernie. uh seeing him i'd never noticed it before i was like that's great yeah well and i listen to a lot of the voiceover there's a lot of whispery voiceovers in this movie by the <laughs> weird side characters where you're like i don't think this is your voice somebody's dubbing over your voice there's a lot of overdubbing or like adr like they the do whole this... first scene on that bus is all oh ADR. yeah and the the coach when rocky falls out of the ring is all adr too it's weird but then um this this karate match that is all everything and it's in this big stadium Seven minutes and ten seconds, and it's over. Mm. Imagine having to fight all that traffic and get in there, park that car, pay the thirty-five dollars for parking, twenty dollars for your beer. You sit down in your seat, and it is less over. than ten minutes, and you're like, "Cool." I get that it was a charity event, but it's probably over before you actually get to your seat. <laughs> I do like that Jason actually is the one to land the last uh, point too, mm-hmm. and it wasn't Tommy. And I'm like, okay, it's an all an ego thing, but. You know, with that all said and done, this is obviously not the last time in my life I'm going to watch this movie. Let's be honest. This is my final thought. on Is this like the first movie to have a mid-credit scene that is actually plot, like not plot related, but like actually have? Well, it's weird because you can see them talking, but you don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Like, like Kimberly, they bring... when they're in the Zord and then they go into the command center with the baby and Justin holds the baby and you're like, just get rid of them both. <laughs> Take him like you took Billy from us. They let Bulk and Skull into the, the Megazord. Like I would never do that. Well, they, I have wouldn't to get, they have to get him back. I'm assuming the Megazord's what's taking him back. The ship's destroyed. Let, yeah, but don't you put him in the cargo hole or something. Also, if the Megazord is the way out, how was it not the way in? They were cars. Why didn't they just form the Listen, Megazord and walk in the water? The, the, the answer to majority of these questions, magic. I'm sure there's somebody out there, too, who's like, this is a masterpiece and you guys are terrible. I'm sorry. Um... This this movie apparently was like three hours long. Cut a lot of stuff out, like we said. There's a lot of interesting trivia out there to read. A lot of a uh, lot of stuff. I I thought at one point this was supposed to be a Zio. It was supposed to be a continuation of the Zio movie. Um, so I don't know if that had something to do with it. It's interesting now. You know, twenty um 
you know, 22 years later and you still are getting stories that we've never heard before that come out about this. And that's just the day and age that we're in now. And it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to like look through that stuff. So you can check it out on like Ranger Wiki or, um, you know, any of these other things like just regular Wikipedia, IMD, uh, Internet Movie Database has some cool trivia stuff to, to look at in there. But, um, of the three movies that have been created of Power Rangers, where would this rest for you, JJ? <laughs> Are we talking about 95, 97, 2017? Mm-hmm. Third. Yeah. Ken? Third. Bottom of the ocean for me. <laughs> Bottom of the ocean. Um, Just cut up. Give me that, Kimberly. And give me Austin St. John in his uh his wetsuit. Friends? I don't have any friends. <sighs> I did love the the little line where she goes like pink is so out of season. That was such a backhanded oh, yeah. compliment. Sweetie pink is out. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, she's in a way I guess bitter about it because mm-hmm. she's no longer the pink ranger. So I was but like, I just Ooh. I love that. I love that she overpowers them too. And I love that she's just like choking out the yellow ranger and then she kicks. You're like, "Okay, Jason punches." Angry. Yes, he doesn't know he's a child, but punches that and then cat. Like he just like backhands cat and so good sure does i think that'll do it for this episode um thank you guys for talking to me thank you out there everyone for listening remember that you can follow us on social media on twitter instagram youtube uh wherever at uh podcast rangers and uh we have an email address podcast rangers at gmail.com so feel free to send an email to that if you want to chat or give us a discussion topic for another episode but that is it we'll see you next time with another episode